Welcome, welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. On this week's edition, we got Derek Strokon from Sacred Line Consulting. We're going to be finding out what he's been up to in the last few weeks, as well as uh, we're going to talk about real estate, particularly the Sun Peaks region, which is uh, closest and nearest to Mr. Strokon's heart. So stay tuned and I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Meet Parker Bennett, real estate agent. Parker loves Kamloops. Parker has a background in building inspections, so he knows houses. This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Okay, tell me about the uh, Chinese the farmer. Chinese farmer. So, really interesting story, and I think it actually ties in a lot to life these days. Um, and the story is by a gentleman by the name of Alan Watts, so you can go Google it and you can read the story. But the, the premise of the story is a Chinese farmer, he had a horse, and uh, his horse ran away. Okay. And all the villagers came and they said, oh, I'm so sorry, you must be so sad that your horse ran away. And he said, maybe. And the next day his horse came back and had seven pristine wild stallions with it. Okay. And all the people from the village came by and they said, oh my God, you must be so happy. Like, congratulations, this is the fortunes that have been blessed upon you. You know, you must be so pleased. And he said, maybe. Right. And the next day his son decided that he'd try and tame one of the horses. So he went and he found one of the stallions. He hops on a stallion and tries to tame this horse and gets bucked off and breaks his leg. Okay. And the neighbors again came by, oh, I'm so sorry about your misfortune for your son. You must be sad. Maybe. Maybe. The day after, the conscription officers for the army come by, and a war had just broken out, and they're looking for young men that they can take off to war. But they couldn't take his son because his son's leg was broken. Okay. And again, everybody's so happy. The answer again, maybe. And the resonating factor of this is that you have no idea what's coming. Right. So with me just no longer being in a corporate job that I was in a company I was with for 16 years. Oh, it must be so bad. It must be so good. And I'm, it's, it's hard to, but to actually embrace maybe. Right. Is kind of a cool thing. Who, who am I even talking to? Mm. Maybe I should introduce you before we get going on that. Sure. So my name is Parker Bennett. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that already. You've decided to listen to this podcast. Nice. And uh, today we got a really special guest because he's up to something and we're going to find out what he's up to. Uh, Derek Strokon. Perfect. I almost said Sun Life. Uh-oh. It almost instinctively came out. I right. decided not to do that. You decided. Yeah, so my name is Derek Strokon. I am the Chief Inspiration Officer. That I like. Do you like that? I do. I Googled a whole bunch of different terms because I decided I was allowed to pick my own title. Yeah. But Chief Inspiration Officer for Sacred Line Consulting. We are 11 days old. It's really exciting. That's it is exciting. And I've, I'm branching out on my own to do a lot of what I was doing in my corporate environment, but to focus on doing less but better. And that statement came from a book, Greg McEwen, who run, uh, wrote a book called Essentialism. And if you haven't read it or listened to it, please go download it. I don't get royalties I'm from still, it. But I'm still working should. on the last referral, the last book referral. Okay. I'm going to start reading to you then so that you can actually get something. The Untamed Soul. 
it's untethered, untethered soul. Untethered yeah. soul. Sorry. Brilliant book. I'm almost done it. Phenomenal. And then I get to move on to the next one. Nice. But less but better is really what inspired the move to Sacred Line Consulting. And from a, a word, I think words are super important, that sacred is different than what's important. It's important that you put a shirt on today and had some breakfast. It's important that you took your medication. It's important that you put your seatbelt on when you drove here. But when you actually think about what is sacred to you and what what are your non-negotiables as a business person? If you don't have those roots dialed in, you can't write a value proposition. You can't write a mission statement. You can't move forward unless you know what you're willing to leave behind. Yeah. And I'm really excited to be working with other business owners now on having that conversation about what is sacred to them, about what are the non-negotiables. All right, when you don't know what's sacred, nothing else has any value. And to be able to build a foundation and go from there, to have an honest conversation about where you're at in your business and where would you rather be at in your business and what are the specific incremental steps that you need to take to get your business to that level. Because it's not a massive overhaul in most cases. It is specific changes that we need to make. It's those incremental shifts that change the business. Change the angle. 100%. Yeah. Um, Susan Scott talks about, in her book, Fierce Conversations, she talks about gradually and suddenly. And that you succeed or fail in your business gradually and then suddenly. Right. You didn't come into real estate and have the career that you're having now on day one. But you gradually built towards doing that. And you made a decision every day to move yourself forward to get yourself into that position. I think, you know, I was thinking about real estate because, you know, we're still having a conversation about sure. real estate. And I want to look up this word that I sent you. Because I said this morning, I'm really excited to talk about positive and negative thermal expansion. Yep. And you may have thought, oh, that's a joke. That's what I did think. Yeah. But. From a mechanical perspective, that has a very mechanical meaning. Right. Right. But positive and negative thermal expansion, I think, is what we should think about when we talk about the real estate bubble. Okay. Because I bought my first house in 2006 in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. When the bubble was about to burst. Right. 2007. And then I bought my next house and I shouldn't have paid what I paid because the bubble was about to burst. And then we bought our next house and we shouldn't have paid what we did. And then we moved to Kamloops and we paid more for our lot than most people would think reasonable to spend on buying a lot in Kamloops. Right. And for that, for half of that view and half of that lot size now costs you double. Yeah, you can't find one, actually. just Let's just point it out that there is no lots for sale. Right. So if, you, if you've if you seen a price of a sale of a lot with a view, um, that's not what it's really worth. That's just what someone paid for it because they had an opportunity to buy it at that price. Right. Because today it would all be secondary markets that are running those sales. Right. And you don't see them. 
Interesting. Because the builder says, listen, you can have this lot, and we can put whatever price tag you want on it. Yeah. But we got to build the house. Right. And this is what it's going to cost you. Yeah. You can tell your friends you paid three, five, seven, I don't care what they tell you for the lot. Yeah. We're going to build your house, it's going to be this amount of money. Yeah. But I thought thermal thermal expansions are a really interesting way to think about housing prices because it's not like there is a bubble. A bubble doesn't exist because a bubble kind of happens out of nowhere and then when it pops, everything's gone. Right. Well, the real estate doesn't go away. That's right. So, but it does expand and contract. There is positive and negative thermal expansion based on the value of a city. If you look at... The value of Kamloops right now compared, I think, I'm probably misquoting, but it's the third fastest growing real estate market in the country right now. Yep. And Something like, along those lines. Pretty close. Yep. Within, within five. No, it is top three. Yeah. Yep. So to go, real estate is going to continue to increase as we look at the value of remote work, right? We moved... Last spring, we moved up to the mountains, and we're living up in Sun Peaks, and it's gorgeous there. And real estate is going to continue to increase in value over time. Yep. It may contract, and it may expand, but that thermal expansion continues based yeah, on the, val- the perceived value of the location. I think people have always wanted to believe that there's a burst to something that's out of control. You know, whenever anyone says to me, should I wait? I, what do you, what would you be waiting for? Because the chances of it going down is zero. Yeah. The fact that it might cool off, that's realistic. Yeah. And the fact that uh, if you bought it for a million today, could you sell it for a million tomorrow? Maybe not. Like you may be in a cycle where prices are going to relax, as you would say, contract. Yeah. That's realistic. But if you look at it at a macro perspective, and I got some data, I'm going to dive into it, and I picked yeah. some peaks to pick on today. Nice, I like it. Um, you know, in theory, over time, 10 years has been the average time that a home has doubled in price. It's less now. Right. Now we're like nine, right? Yeah. The population is going up. We can't build houses fast enough. That alone is all the data that you need to know to know that the value of your home will continue to rise until we can control population, which is another conversation that we're not going to have on this podcast. <laughs> right. Right? China's probably having that conversation. Yeah. They could. There won't be any bloggers on it. I know that. No? No. Uh, no, I thought, I thought it was an interesting thing to think about from a bubble perspective because I remember everybody told me, don't get into the market because there's a bubble. Right. And that was 2006. And if I hadn't done that, we wouldn't be where we are now. I can tell you for a fact that people that have a a large amount of wealth built in real estate have never looked at the timing of a purchase, only that they purchased. Yeah. You know, it's never like I should buy, not like a stock where you're trying to buy, buy low and sell high. It's you buy now, you buy later, you buy again, you buy again. And if you can buy again, great. You'll increase your wealth yet again. Nowhere in there does, you know, in the real estate, economic, wealthy, do they ever really think about selling? And I think, you know, I think, like I look at my past, my previous employee, and dividend-paying life insurance Mm -hmm. is another big winner. It's something that will increase in value and will never go down. 
Um, but then you compare that to, right, I'm still dollar cost averaging in on my crypto account. Right. And I'm not putting all my money in there, but I'm putting some of it. Sure, me too. Because I think it's going to grow. And it's funny. I don't think I'm going to buy an NFT digital copy of a monkey or dinosaur. I'm, I'm going to buy something. But, I'm going to buy something in an NFT just so I can say I did. Right. Right? I, I bought it. it. There'll, there'll be something that will... We'll, we'll, might not be a monkey or a Picasso picture right? or a ticket stub to a Super Bowl game, but it might be something. Yeah. Think, about, think about this. Uh, I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk. You know who Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. is? Yeah. I think he bought the first NFT for the Super Bowl tickets. Oh, really? So, And he's probably sold it by now. No, he would no. never sell. He would never sell. He's so committed to, like, NFTs. That's but... Imagine selling NFTs of your purchase contract on your house. Right. Well, actually, that wouldn't be valuable. Maybe. I, I think that. somebody paid $450,000 to be Snoop Dogg's virtual neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Dr. Dre, was it? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's some, here's some real estate uh, gospel for you. So, so far this year, uh, 297 Residential units have sold in the Camelus market. Camelus market includes Sun Peaks. Right. Doesn't include outlying areas, though. Barrier, that sort of stuff. Chase, whatever. Um, in the last two weeks, 132 unit, 32 units have sold. Oh. So there's a good portion of that have sold recently. Yeah. Okay. Now, in the last podcast I did, I looked at the first four and a half weeks of sales for the year. And I looked at how many sales there were relative to how much over asking was the average. In the first five weeks, 54% of the houses that sold in Kamloops sold for more than asking price. Interesting. Okay. In the first five weeks, it was a one and a half percent over asking price average. Mm -hmm. I backed it up to two weeks. So this would have been the last week of January and the first week of February. I can't remember how many sold over ask in that area, but it was pretty close to 54%. But it doubled. It was almost 2.5% over asking. Okay? So now looking at the last two weeks now, hope I haven't lost you, it's doubled yet again. So 56% of the houses sell for over ask and 5% now is the, is the norm. So in the first one, where it was 1.5% from the beginning of January, that equivalented to like seven grand. Then when right. it was two two point six percent, it was like seventeen thousand bucks, and now it works out to be just under thirty one k. Right. So, typically, when we refer to a bubble, thermal expansion, real estate expansion, the crazy stuff happens at the at the top. So we could be at the craziest level. It's hard to say. Maybe. I don't know. It's a Chinese farmer. He's not selling. I never sell. Don't, don't, I never say that to people who want to sell. <laughs> In the macro, it's always the smarter thing to do. Yeah. All right, let's look at the Sun Peaks. Oh, here's a good little bit of trivia for you. Okay. If you bought an apartment, this is Sun Peaks, relative yeah. to Sun Peaks only. Okay. If you bought an apartment for 150K in February of 2017, what do you think that apartment would be worth today? 385. Pretty close. 
381. Woo! Really close. Okay, you get the gist of it. Townhouse. Uh, February 2017, you paid 250 grand for it. 635. 508. Oh. These are averages. I was selling a nicer townhouse. Uh, $500,000 house in 2017. Well, I bought one of those. 950. Yeah. And then this one's a little more specific. May 2020? I can't. I couldn't remember the yeah. date. Is that about April right? April 2020. Okay, this is this is May 2020. You bought a single family home for 980. Right. What would it be worth today? That's not 2017. That's 2020. Right. You paid 980 for a place in 2020, May of 2020. What should it be worth today, on average? On that, like in a normal market? No, this is just what's going on right now in Sun Peaks. 1.1. 1.3. Right? I don't know how accurate that data is, but that data right. is is uh, is an index based on the last 15, 20 years of real estate in Kamloops, and it knows all the trends based on sale volume. Right. So it takes into account every sale, every list price, every sale price, days on the market, all that. And then subdivision specific, house type specific. It's good. It's good, actually. Good starting point, you know, when you're just dabbling around information. Okay, I got one more piece of information I want to share with you. Uh, oh, by the way, Sun Peaks, most expensive house sold this year? 2.7, 3.2? 2. 2.5, listed okay. for 2.7. Interestingly enough, the property was assessed at 1.58 mil. Wow. So it sold considerably over assessed value. Yeah. Right? Okay, this is like a demographic chart. Okay. And it's like looking at all the buyers that have purchased in Kamloops, uh, I think over the last three years, okay, the average is 68% of the, the transactions that happen in Kamloops market are from Kamloops buyers. So like they move from Aberdeen to Sahali. Right. Or Campbell Creek to Dallas, okay? 13% of those on average, Vancouverites. And I mean greater Vancouver. Yeah. Five and a half percent Fraser Valley, and interestingly enough, a tidbit, 0.3% from the U.S. Okay, so looking at it in February, just February alone, only 54% of those buyers are Kamloops, um, and over 30% of those are from Vancouver. Wow. The demographics have changed. And yeah. I could manipulate those dates a little bit, Yeah. and I could find a week in there where only 30% of the buyers are from Kamloops, the rest are from Vancouver. Right. Like crazy. But it's what's, it's what's happening. You think about the great resignation. You think about the shift in understanding the value and the importance of lifestyle. Yeah. Right? It's a conversation that you and I had about us moving to Hamlet's when we did in 2016. Yeah. That I was done with waiting in line at Costco for 45 minutes to pay for my groceries. Right. Or driving around the parking lot for 20 minutes. Like, I still think it's funny. Everybody gets frantic about how long it takes to find a parking spot at Costco in Kamloops. And I'm like, well, maybe in the first row. Yeah. But half the second row is empty. Exactly. So it's an interesting shift, and I think that trend is going to continue with that trend to moving into a more remote location. Right before I came over to chat with you, I was at Home Depot buying paint. I was buying vinyl at Michael's. 
so that I can outfit my studio office in Sun Peaks so I can work from there full time. Yeah. Nice. Right? I haven't been off the mountain for two weeks. I'm on day 58 skiing this year. That's which is pretty awesome. What what happens to people that move to Sun Peaks? Well, they all they all have a little tweak that's changed. My realtor at the time, <laughs> he said the mountains are going to change you. Mm. The mountains change everybody, and and the mountains changed me. You know, it's the community, it's the lifestyle up there. The fact that the kids go to school in the only ski and ski out elementary school in the world. Right. That's cool. To drive your kids to the village in the morning and put them on the platter and send them up the mountain and they go to school. And I, it, love, I love that you post that every day. It's like, I love that you post that because it's like, here's me waiting in line at the, at the, for a parking spot in front of the school so I can drop the kids off, yeah. pick them up, whatever, right? And there's the difference of what life could be. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. True. There are people who love whoever. There's probably someone in, or there's probably millions of people in New York City who've never left New York City. I have no doubt. And they love it, and that's their life, and that's the only thing that's going to be of value and meaning to them. That's what's sacred to them. Right. And, and that's cool. If you look at the what the mountains have done to us, I'm now self-employed running my own business. I'm skiing with my kids two days a week because I help out a gym class. Nice. I'm spending more time with my wife. Um, probably maybe more than she'd like. She'd like me <laughs> to get outside and go do some things on my own. But um, the quality of life for what's important to us has really shifted. That's cool. And understanding that the people who moved to Sun Peaks didn't move there by accident. Right? They moved there because it was a lifestyle choice. And I remember you talked to me about that. When you're moving there because you're making a lifestyle choice. Yeah. And, you know, today's a town day for me. So people up there say, oh, i got to go to town today. Gotta go to town. Right? Yeah. Can I pick up anything for you while I live in Calhouns? Right. Um, but it has created a different mindset and a shift. And that's exciting. I think I did a... A coaching call with a client and I didn't have time to get back to my office at home but I did have my Bluetooth speakers on in my helmet and I had my cell phone with me so I went and I plumped myself in a snowbank. And you had your call? And I had my call. Right. And it was a gal with a gal who's never skied in her life and she's like where are you? Where are you? Oh I'm at the top of the mountain. Oh wow that's so cool. And I showed her you know with my camera a little panoramic view and at the end of our call, I said, do you want to come for a run with me? Because i got to go get the kids at 3.30. And so I just held my cell phone right down by my ski and, like, ripped down the mountain. Cool. And she was hooting and hollering. It was, like, the best thing ever for her to have that mountain experience because it's something that she's never done before. Right. And I and think... It probably doesn't even seem realistic to some people. I don't think it does. No. But but you decided. We decided to do it. Right. We made a choice which is intentional about why we're doing that the way that we're doing it. I think. But you did a lot of other things too. Like yeah. 
It wasn't just a move. You weren't just moving subdivisions. No. But I think our Kamloops move was a strategic and specific shift as well. Yeah. Coming out of the lower mainland. And being able to focus more on family, to focus on being able to take the kids to soccer or take them to the hockey rink and it's affordable to go watch a Blazers game. What would you tell your buddies that you still have back in the lower mainland who say um, something like, yeah, I might do that one day, move out to Kamloops. Yeah, we're thinking about it. Yeah. Sure, sure like to do that too. Right? I think there's two answers. I think the first answer is do it right away if that's what you want to do. But the second part is do they actually want to? Right? Like, I'll get comments, oh, you're so lucky. I would, you know, former life on Zoom calls with people across the country, people living in metropolitan, yep. Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you're so lucky to move to live in the mountains. Well, I'm not lucky. I am, I feel fortunate. But. But those were choices. We didn't win a lottery ticket that said, here you go, go move to Sun Peaks. We didn't roll the. You know, I didn't get a seven on the Monopoly board and land on Boardwalk. Yeah. That's lucky. But moving to where things are most valuable and important to you, right? If you look at your life and what you like doing with hunting and being outside and spending time with your kids and your wife and your family, going to the lake, spending time on the boat, you've created a life for yourself in an environment that produces that mm -hmm. and I think like I think that's the really neat thing is it that's where that trend is continue why is Kamloops growing at the rate that is growing right now I is completely agree people wanted to do it but they didn't know they actually could so l let me ask something about sacred line consulting yeah what's the next move for you what are you looking for like who's who's the guy you want to work with or girl yeah you know, the really interesting thing about a coach is the relation has, relationship has to fit both ways, right? It can't just be me looking for an ideal target client. It needs to be that client that's also in the same frame, or, frame of mind. What I would say, honestly, what I'm looking for is committed business professionals who are employed for self in a professional services environment. It's where I thrive. I know my wheelhouse and it's that. Yeah. So this is realtors, mortgage brokers, financial advisors, expand that to bookkeepers, accountants, lawyers, and smaller firms. People who are in business for self, who really are willing to take the time to understand what is most important to them and to operate their lives from that lens. The, I think it's maybe it's part of what comes with age and growing up and being mature is... Are you trying to say you're mature? No, no, I'm working on it though. <laughs> um, but to understand the value of life and how short our time here really is. Yeah, true that. Right? Working employed for yourself is not about getting the Ferrari unless you want to get one. They're shitty in the snow. 
right? They're terrible on the hill. Right. <laughs> but it's not about the million dollars. It's not about just the income, but it is also about the income. Um, I think we should quote Kanye here. <laughs> okay. Just to throw it in. Um, there's a line that Kanye says. I think it's in the song The Good Life. We can we can we can Google look it. that one up. Yeah, yeah. But that having having money is not everything, not having it is. Right. And and it's a really valuable line because if you don't have enough money to pay for your groceries or to pay your bills, money's everything. But to have enough to live the life that you chose. I think too many people think about money as like the ultimate goal. And it's really just a tool. Mm-hmm. It allows you to do other things. And I like, as a struggling financial advisor, as I started out, and the days where I said, forget it, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go work at McDonald's and... I'm just going to make fries, and I know that at least I've got a recipe to follow, and I'm going to get a paycheck, and I'm going to be fine. Right. And you struggle, and you carry on, and you always land on your feet, and you always continue to to grow and develop. But now being in a position where we're much more stable than we were before, the things that matter change. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember thinking out starting the business that, I know I'll make it when I buy my Porsche. And my Porsche is now a GMC Sierra (laughs) four-door because it can tow my trailer and I can put my kids' bikes on top and I can (laughs) go to the lake and I can go camping. Right? So the value of what what defines that change. But to kind of loop back to if I could meet a business owner is somebody who's committed to living and to living their best life, which is so overused, but it's still really relevant. Well, it's definitely relevant. To go, what is it that we want to achieve? What are we deciding to do? How do we help you simplify your life? How do we break this down to simple, efficient, and effective? Right? How do we help you see the most important things to you and breaking that down. So I'm happy to do that. You can reach me at info at sacredlineconsulting.com. The website is sacredlineconsulting.com. Uh, your autocorrect might say scared, but don't be scared. That's what autocorrect says, but yeah. don't be scared. Call Parker Bennett now for your complimentary home evaluation. 416-870-4400. 416-870-4400.